Amen. Amen. I like that. Chris, that sneeze was right on cue too, man. You hit the climax of the video and everything. Um, <laughs> sorry to call you out like that. I can't help it. Oh, man. If you're blessed and you're ready to receive the word of God, can you say amen like you mean it? All right. I'm excited because we get to take this whole month, the next three Sundays, and dig deep back into our theme. Founded, dig deep, build up, stand firm. Anybody remember our theme verse, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11? Uh, we'll, we'll read it in a little bit before I'll quiz you next week on that. So you have a little bit of time. I took my family to Blaze Pizza last Sunday after church. And I don't know if you've been there or been somewhere like there, but they have a cool deal. If, if you don't want what they've got on the menu, their menu suggestions, their kind of uh, made-up stuff, you can build your own. Anybody a build-your-own kind of person? You're like, I know way better than your menu suggestions. I can build a much better pizza. Let me just control this thing. Give me, a, give me a raise of hands if you're a build-your-own kind of person. Amen. I like that. You're just like me then. So if you're not familiar with it or you've never been to a build-your-own style of restaurant, you select your dough, you pick your sauce, your cheese, your meat, and then you add your own toppings from their assorted uh, buffet of extras. Here's the deal, though. I hate to break it to you, but not everything goes together. Okay? Not everything goes together. Um, if you're like my, my boys, they'll just throw anything. You've got to control a little bit as to what they're building on their pizza because not everything goes together. And, and here's what I mean. If you're a white sauce person, God bless you. But if you're a white sauce person, you kind of go the, the pesto, um, the spinach, the sun-dried tomatoes route. We've got healing after the service for you. If you're a red sauce person like the merciful blood of Jesus this morning, amen, then you go the red sauce route. Pepperonis, Italian sausage, onions, peppers, the works, right? In my house, we used to call that garbage pizza. I don't know where Supreme got, got its name, but that's garbage pizza. It's the best. But you know that you know, neither of these routes includes black olives. It's not on there. It's not on there. No black olives. You're the okay. Well, listen. The point is, if you're a build-your-own kind of person, then my the chances are you are a little bit picky, or as I like to say, tasteful about your toppings on the pizza. You want to know what's going on top. You want to be in control of what's going on top. And your pizza is not going to look like his pizza or her pizza. It's going to be a build-your-own personalized pizza. Did you know what 1 Corinthians 3, 10, and 11, our theme passage this year tells us? It tells us that we have a build-your-own faith. Build-your-own faith. If you Heard the verse that Vastine voiced over that video. It's, it's Jesus laid the foundation, amen? That bedrock's not moving. It's unshakable, unmovable, steadfast. But the passage says that we lay those bricks. We build upon that foundation. You want to read it together? I think we should. I think we should. 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to do 10 verse through 15. You stand. I'll read it out loud. Go ahead and follow along in your copy of God's Word or on the screens. It says this. 
According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Now, he didn't get to pick it. He laid it, but he didn't pick it. That foundation is Jesus Christ. We'll read about it in a minute. And someone else is building upon it. Now, catch this next phrase. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Listen, you have a build your own faith this morning, and I'll explain that and unpack it as we go. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, verse 12 through 15. Now we get to the toppings. Amen. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it. Because it will be revealed by what? Fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Now, that's not the hellfire of damnation. That fire in this passage is talking about tests and trials in the storms of this life. They reveal what kind of building materials you used to put on that foundation. Now, verse 14, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer Loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Here's what that means, because we don't have time to come back to it at the end. In other words, if your foundation this morning is Jesus Christ, if you know absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt that you've placed your faith in the finished work of Jesus, you're saved. Amen. You're getting in. Heaven is your home. God is your father. And you have a personal walk with Christ. Nothing can change that. You can't lose that. You can't crack your foundation. You can't crumble your foundation. It is Jesus. And if you're found in him, you're saved. However, how you build on that foundation is up to you. So you might get, that's what the passage is saying is you'll be saved, but only as through fire. In other words, you'll get into heaven, but you won't have much to show for it. And that's the challenge for us this year, right? Founded, dig deep, build up, stand firm. Let's pray and you'll be seated. God, help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand and receive your word. Implant it upon our souls this morning. Help us to grow and become more like you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Wasn't it good to have Eric on the drums this morning? That was cool or what? Amen. Thank you to the Jansons for for being here. They had a, ulterior motives. They were just the, I don't know, photographers for Jeremy and Ashley's wedding, but they get to be here and it's always a treat to see you guys. So thank you for being here. Um, founded. This is the theme. Dig deep, build up, stand firm. You know, I've had about a year now to think about this theme, why we picked it, and why it is so dadgum important to be founded. As a leadership team, we settled on this word about a year ago. And ever since then, life has happened, right? We, we've had 12 months go by. And, and the thing about it is, is why is it so important to be founded? Why is it so important to have somewhere firm for your feet to be planted? Why is it so important to know who you are? Why is it so important to know who Jesus is and what he's done for you and Here's the reason why after you cut away all the clutter, if you brush all the other stuff away, there's really one reason why it's so important to be founded in your faith. And here it is. You will face a test at some point or another that you will have to go through alone. 
there will come a time, Bailey, when you have to go through a test or a storm or a situation, a circumstance of life, you'll have to go through it alone. You won't be able to piggyback on your parents' faith. You won't be able to have people close by. There'll be decisions that you have to make for yourself. Nobody else can make them for you. If COVID has taught us anything, it was having to either go in or drop off loved ones at the door and face uncertainty alone, right? Struggling in isolation or quarantine, not being able to see a loved one in quarantine, not being able to travel freely, feeling like you're the only one in in your department who's sticking up for moral or ethical beliefs, making a hard decision about whether to stay or go at your job that in the company that you've spent years building up. And some of you guys are there right now having to make decisions this week about whether to stay or go. There are isolating circumstances that this world has put around you, and there will come a time. It may not be now, but mark my words, there will come a time in your faith where there's no one to lean on. No husband or wife to help or comfort, no mom or dad to hold your hand, no son or daughter to visit. And while isolation is never God's plan, I want you to hear me clearly on that. Isolation is never God's plan. If you haven't built your own faith on the goodness and sovereignty of God, you will not make it in an isolated situation. See, you have to know the truth, but you have to know the truth for yourself. You have to cling to those Bible verses and hide them in your heart, but you have to be able to apply them for yourself. You have to know about the goodness and sovereignty of God, but when the storms come, you have to be able to trust on him yourself. Nobody can do that for you. It is a build your own faith. Now, we're all starting with that same foundation, amen? That foundation, which is Jesus Christ, is, is kind of like the, the pre-made pie crust for your pumpkin pie this Thanksgiving. It's already done. You can't mess it up. You don't have to worry about the crust because, well, you bought it at the store. Jesus is your pre-made pie crust. Now, how are you going to fill that pie? How are you going to build on that bedrock? How are you going to build your house? If you haven't dug deep, if you haven't taken time to build up, then you won't be able to stand firm. Dig deep, wrestle with these thoughts. You've got to bolster your faith. You will never be able to stand firm through the storm if you don't understand and make a personal choice that this isn't my parents' faith. This isn't so-and-so's faith. This isn't just what my church believes. This isn't just the core doctrines that my church has. This is my faith because I've tested it. I've tried it out. I've tasted it and seen personally that the Lord is good. It's got to be a build-your-own faith. Nobody can do that for you. I went to a leadership seminar this past summer, and on the very last day, they, they kind of put out their best speaker. He was the most dynamic, motivating, all the charisma, and he was a pastor, which makes sense, and I don't remember where his church is or where he pastors, but it was a moving, impacting talk that he gave, and he really only asked one question, and it, and it stopped me on my tracks, to be honest with you. It really made me self-reflect. 
And then I got to thinking, no, this isn't just about me. This could apply to the whole church. This could apply to our whole theme. And this is what he asked. He said, folks, and listen, he's talking to a room of not, not necessarily believers or Christians. He's talking to a room just full of leaders, company leaders, business leaders, faith leaders, could be saved, could be not. And he said this, what if COVID was the lesson and this is the test? What if COVID was the lesson and this is the test? What is he talking about? What am I, what am I saying? What if COVID was the lesson to strip you to your foundation, to get back to the basics, and now you're left with the question, how am I going to build differently? How am I going to build now? Take two. What if COVID was the lesson to get you back grounded on the salvation that is yours in Christ? And now is the test to see, are you going to be able to walk out, work out, apply that salvation? What if COVID was the lesson to get you back to asking, okay, what's important? What are my non-negotiables? What are my core values? Who am I? What is my identity in Christ? And now is the test to say, are you going to be true to that? This is who you said you were. Are you going to be a hypocrite or are you going to be true to who you say you are in Christ? What if COVID was the lesson and now is the test? Am I hitting home with anybody this morning? Wow. That stopped me in my tracks. COVID was the training grounds and now the test. Oh boy. But here's what we know. There will be another storm, right? It may not be a nationwide pandemic, but there will be another storm in your life. There will be another test, another trial. Are you founded? Have you built your own faith? And the next couple of weeks, we're going to begin to unpack that. And we're going to talk about these passages in 1 Corinthians 3. But right now, I want to read verses 12 through 15 again. And while we're reading 12 through 15, I'm going to ask my helpers to come ahead and get this hay bale set up over here to my right, if you don't mind. Thank you guys. That'll be great. We're going to use this hay illustration, but look at these building materials that Paul talks about in first Corinthians three verses 12 through 15. Let's read that part again. Now, Everybody's got the same foundation. We all have the same handicap in golf terms, right, Jake? We all have the same handicap. But here we go. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw. In other words, there's a myriad of different building materials we can choose to start our faith, to build our own. Lots of toppings, right, Crystal? So many toppings. It's up to you how you're going to build. And he says, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will, reveal, it will be revealed by fire. In other words, folks, the testing is going to come. COVID might have been the lesson for you, and this will be the test. How are you going to build? And really, when you, when you boil it all down, there's two kinds of faith. There's a faith that's built with the quality materials, and then there's a faith that's built out of Hay, straw, cheap stuff. And here's what I've been convicted of. Too often in my life, I'm guilty of building my faith with cheap materials. Too often in my life, I'm guilty of building my faith with cheap materials. What are those cheap materials? How could we, what does the, 
what does the, the wood, hay, and, and straw represent spiritually in our lives? I have a couple of clues. It doesn't tell us specifically, but here's a couple of options. The opinions of others, right? That is a hay bale type of faith right here. Do I have a helper, Josh Windler? Thanks, man. Thanks for coming up. He's going to jump on my hay for me. And we're going to test out a foundation of hay versus my foundation. Preacher Jim's just going to be on this stage. So I'm going to jump over here, and he's going to jump on the hay. When you, have, when you build your faith on the opinions of others, that's a hay bale type of faith. Go ahead and jump a couple times. Let's see if we can get some things shaking and moving. All right, don't fall like I did first service. Dude, I, guys, I wiped out first service. That's why, that's why Josh is here. All right, hold up. Let me give you another one. The opinions of others. What about my parents' faith? If you're building your own faith just based upon what your parents have raised you as, that's hay bale. That's hay bale. Go ahead and jump a couple times for your parents' faith. That's not going to work. And then something comes along, Brandon. Something always comes along that really breaks it. There's a circumstance or a storm in your life that comes along. And the twine gets snipped, spiritually speaking. And now we're left with that same hay bale bale foundation. I'm going to swear in a little bit. I better be careful. Same hay bale foundation, but now circumstances come along. Something comes along that cuts through our faith circumstances. If we build on circumstances, how solid are we? If we build our faith on circumstances, Josh, show us. Yep. Yep. It's just, it's going. And then we have certain of us who are plagued by our past and we try to build our faith. We try to build your own. We try to build it on our past, who we were before Christ, what people said we're capable of, what people said would never change, what people said we weren't capable of, our past. How's that working out for our faith? It's gone. The foundation, the hay doesn't last its cheap materials. How about when we try to build our faith on emotions? Man, they come and go. They, they're never there for us when we need them. They're just, they just give. Emotions give out from under us the, the moment we need them. How about when we build our faith on tradition or what culture says is appropriate or right? Man, that stuff changes. Traditions now and culture now is not the same as it was then, and it's going to change again in the future. That is an ever-evolving, changing, growing, conforming thing traditions and culture are. So that's not a firm foundation. That's a hay bale type of faith. And then we have society's agenda. I'm just helping you define what some, some of these toppings are, wood, hay, straw. Uh, some of these toppings, and when, when we see them displayed for us. Now, we can choose them, but if we choose to build our faith on society's agenda, don't, don't get me wrong. They'll give you plenty of things. Society, society's agenda will give you plenty of things to build on. Build on diversity. Build on, let's build on all the mental health disorders. Let's build on your sexuality agenda and identity this month. Let's build on this. Let's build on that. Let's build on what makes you feel good. Hey, I got a good one. Society's agenda will tell you to build on your truth. It doesn't last. It goes. That is a hay bale type of faith, society's agenda. But here's what I want to get at, Josh. And while, and while I'm reading these off, you just keep jumping on that good old-fashioned steady faith of yours, not. 
But what we've got to learn as Christians is instead of building on the hay bale faith of opinions of others, we need to build on the bedrock faith of who we are in Christ, our true identity. Instead of building on the hay bale faith of my parents, I got to build on the bedrock faith of the inspiration of scripture. In other words, how does God speak to me personally through his word? Instead of jumping and building on the hay bale faith of circumstances, I'm going to build on the bedrock faith of the promises of God. Amen. What he says in his word that will never change. Instead of jumping and building on the hay bale faith of my past, I'm going to build on the bedrock faith of the goodness and sovereignty of God that he would see fit to use me and you in spite of ourselves, in spite of our story, in spite of our past, sometimes because of our story. Instead of building on the hay bale faith of emotion, I'm going to build on the bedrock faith of the doctrines of the Bible that are true yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Instead of building on the hay bale faith of tradition or culture, I'm going to build on the bedrock faith of the Holy Spirit's conviction in my life. What he says is truth. What the Spirit says is error. Instead of jumping up and down and building on the hay bale faith of society's agenda, I'm going to build on the bedrock faith of God's agenda, his calling, his purpose. Did you know God has an agenda for your life? It's not hidden. It's clearly laid out in his word. God has an agenda for you. He has a purpose. He has a calling on your life. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. This hay bale faith won't last, man. And if, we, and if I could have got with Josh before the service, I would have told him I want you to wipe out on purpose. Because that's exactly what happens with our faith. We get jumping up and down on our cheap materials and that faith doesn't last. It crumbles. How founded do you feel this morning? We don't talk a lot about feelings in this church because feelings come and go and feelings are deceiving. But I'm going to talk about feelings for just a little bit. How founded we're 10, no, we're 11 months into this theme, aren't we? We started in January, 11 months later, we've been focusing on this, digging deep, building up, standing firm. Do you know what you believe? Do you know why you believe it? Do you believe in the inspiration of scripture? Why? Do you believe in the virgin birth of, of Jesus? Why? Do you believe that, uh, that heaven is real and hell is hot? Why? Do you believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man? Why? Why does all of that stuff matter? How founded do you feel this morning? And here's what I'm after. How founded you feel this morning has nothing to do with the foundation and everything to do with your building materials. How founded you feel this morning has nothing to do with the foundation because what's the foundation? Jesus Christ, you guys got quiet on me. What's your foundation? It's Jesus. The unmovable, unshaking bedrock of our faith is Jesus. So if you don't feel founded this morning, it has nothing to do with your foundation and everything to do with how you're building on it. What materials you're using, are they cheap? Are you building with straw this morning? Or are you building on the doctrines of the Bible, the inspiration of scripture, how the spirit convicts you, how he moves you? What about God's calling on your life? We've got a build your own faith. And so many of us Christians are building with hay and straw, stuff that doesn't last, something that doesn't support, something that's going to be burned up, something that we're going to have 
nothing to show for when we meet our maker. Build your own faith. How founded do you feel? If, you're feel, if, if we're 11 months into this thing, folks, and you're feeling a little shaky, you're feeling a little wavering this morning, your foundation is sure that bedrock is Jesus. He's the same yesterday and today forever. Examine, if you feel shaky, examine your building materials. Examine how you're building. You might be building on your past. You might see everything about your future through the lens of your past. That's not your identity in Christ. If you're feeling a little shaky and not so founded this morning, you might just be building on your parents' faith or how you grew up. You can't piggyback your way into heaven. If you're feeling not so founded this morning, then you might just be building with the cheap material of your emotions. Hey, they come and go. That's straw. It's going to be burned up. What about the doctrines of God? If you're feeling a little shaky, a little unfounded this morning, you might just be building on traditions or culture or society's agenda that is trying to brainwash you. It's not your bedrock. That thing is sure. And so I have a question for you. When I ask how founded do you feel, Christian, that question is for you because I want you to examine your building materials. But it's also for you, visitor. Somebody who came in here not exactly knowing why you even came in the door. How founded do you feel? If you came in and, and, you're, and, and you're not really even sure how you got here, your life is chaos, your surroundings are uncertain, you don't have the answers, you came to the right place because I know, we know, the Bible knows that you are here because Jesus is that answer for you. He wants to be that bedrock. He wants to be your foundation. Do you know how you get on that rock? Receive it by faith. Look at the cross. See what he's done for you. He shed his blood. He lived a perfect life so he could take our sin on himself. He bore our sins on his own body on the tree. He bled and suffered for you and me, for our wrongs, for our sin, for our transgression. He was buried in a borrowed tomb that he didn't need for very long because on the third day, what did he do? We're the only world religion that serves and worships a living Savior. We're the only faith system that looks to the author and finisher of our faith. And the only way he can finish that faith is because he's alive today. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's pleading and interceding on our behalf this morning. How founded do you feel? 11 months in, are you any better off than you started? If not, look at your building materials, Christian. Because your bedrock cannot be moved. And if you're uncertain about what your foundation is this morning, can I invite you to receive Jesus freely? It's a free gift. There comes a time, see, this is the point. There comes a time for each one of us that we have to reckon with our faith. We have to square up with what we've been taught our whole life and decide where we're going to land. Where will our feet be planted? Where are the answers? Who is to blame? Who is God? Where is he? Moments like that define our faith. And when the storms come, whatever's going on above the surface doesn't change that we're rooted and grounded and built up in a firm foundation. 
I want to close with a story that I shared week one because I believe that it'll help somebody and because I believe it paints a picture of exactly the kind of year we've had the past two years. And you just listen and we'll be done. How do I know you're really out there? Isn't this grand image of heaven a little silly to believe in? I struggled to keep the wheelbarrow upright on the bouncy gravel. I added an extra stump to my load because, well, Mr. Hyatt had already called me the strongest teenager out there, so I had a point to prove and an image to live up to. Of course, it wasn't the weight that bothered me at 7 in the morning as much as the balance to steer the 24th load to the burn pile. It was the summer of 1998. I was 13 or so, and we were clearing land behind my church. I gripped a little tighter, puffed out my chest, and as I came around the corner of the building, just in case anyone was watching, does God even care? I mean, does he really see us down here? Just then my wheelbarrow fell into a groove. It was the path my wheel had made, a shallow rut in the fresh topsoil from all the trips I had made today and the day before and the day before that. This familiar path is what steadied the weight I was carrying. It was mindless work, really, except when I got close to the fire. Who decided what I believe in? And who's to say that my church was right about all this God stuff and the Bible really being true? I pulled my T-shirt over my nose as I got close, close to the smoke and dumped another load of stumps. Of course, I looked up to see if Mr. Hyatt, the man in charge, was watching me. He wasn't. He was looking kind of somber, sitting up there on the backhoe today, and I understood. We were all being a little more careful today. I swung my wheelbarrow around and trudged back to the noise of chainsaws, wheel still bouncing between the ridges my rut had made. Why would God let that happen? I wonder if Paul will ever look the same. See, I was there last week when Paul, Mr. Hyatt's grandson, was engulfed in flames from the gasoline used to jumpstart the burn pile. He was the oldest teenager out there, so they let him start the fire. It all happened so quick. I, I blinked and every part of him was on fire. I remember the panic. I remember people yelling and screaming at him to drop and roll in the dirt. I remember the shock. When I snapped back into reality, I'd heard somebody yelling at me, me to run, to run him around the building so his mom could call 911 or rush him to the hospital. I remember the panic in his eyes. I remember the smell. I remember feeling so helpless. I don't even think I said a word. What could I say? I didn't even recognize the guy that I idolized. Why was I born? How come you put me in this family, in this church, in this state? Why me and why now? It was a lot quieter these days, so I had more time to hear my own thoughts. It was a week later, but the work behind the church had to go on. Paul had been rushed to the Augusta Burn Center. He was going to make it. Skin grafts had to be done all over his body. And naturally, I wondered if his life would ever be the same. Would he look the same? Would, would he still be able to play the piano and sing? Why him? I mean, it could have been any of us. It could have easily been me. God, please heal Paul. 
I wish you would give me the answers to my questions or just show me a sign or something. Prove to me that you're out there, that you're real, that you really care. I was just a scrawny, shy, undersized, insecure 12 or 13 year old. It's awkward. It's clumsy. It's, it's embarrassing for a church boy to admit that he has doubts like these. But I'll never forget what happened next. I didn't hear God audibly, but it might as well have been. I felt a hand on my shoulder and a calming voice that said, Jim, just keep your wheel in the rut. A wheelbarrow needs a rut to steady the weight. It needs a groove, a place to fall, borders to make you feel secure. Look around, Jim. This is the space that I've created to, for you to feel safe. This is your rut. Your family, that's the groove I gave to steady the weight that I know you'll carry. It's okay to wonder it's okay to ask. It's okay to doubt me because you're already on solid ground. Just keep your wheel in the rut. Just keep your wheel in the rut. Let the familiar be the foundation for your future. Guys, that was 22 years ago. And I'm still standing. My wheel is still in the rut. Why? Because there's a lot of power in same. There's still a lot of force left in the familiar. There's still a lot of grind left in the groove that the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ holds. Amen? Listen, there's still grind in the groove. There's still force in the familiar. This rut is exactly what God has designed for your faith to fall between steady borders. I've dug deep roots here. I'm still building up here. I'm standing firm here. God hasn't gone anywhere, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm founded this morning. I'm founded. I'm headed towards the finish line of this year with the same God, the same faith from my childhood, the same resolve, the same community, the same foundation, the same conviction, the same principles, the same doctrine, and the same gospel power. Somebody shout today, I'm founded. Somebody shout today, I'm still standing. Because I'm founded. Somebody this morning needs to stomp on the devil and say, is that all you got? 2021, is that all you had for me? 2022, is that all you got? Because my wheel's been in the rut for a long time. And this morning, if you feel like your faith has become a little familiar, if you think that your faith has become just the same old, same old, I'll have something old for you. It's the old, old story. It's the old rugged cross. There's a lot of big, beautiful things that are old this morning. And if your faith feels a little familiar, that's good. That's your rut. If you're carrying a lot of weight and you have to lean back on the promises of God and maybe the old songs that you sang in Sunday school growing up, good. That same is what gets you through the storms of life. That's your rut. Those are your borders. That's what God has created around you so that you feel founded when the storms of life come. 
Don't run away from that. Don't neglect that. Don't cast that off and say, oh, that just seems boring. That just seems the same. That just seems familiar. No, it's what works. That's where the power is. The same God that parted the Red Sea way, way, way back. The same God that came through for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same God that saved Lloyd Shelton is the same God at work today. And that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Amen. That's, that is the old. That is the boring. That is the routine. That is same. And it's beautiful. It's right where God wants us. If you're carrying a lot of weight this morning. And you're struggling to feel founded. Get your wheel in the rut. There's a lot of power in same. There's a lot of force left in the familiar. I don't know about you, but I want to stand on the other side of this year. And I want to stand on the other side of the next five years. I want to stand on the other side of the next 10 years. I want to look back when I'm 70 years old and say, I'm better. I'm better at 70 than I was at 35. Do you know why? Because I kept my wheel in the rut. Let's pray. God, we need your help this morning to feel founded. We're 11 months into this, and if you had to grade our church, if you had to grade every person in here on, on where our faith stands, I pray that as, a, as our creator, savior, that you would be able to look down and say, those people in that church, decided church, Irmo, South Carolina, 29063, they're chasing after same. What they're chasing after is the old, old story of Jesus and his blood. You know what they're singing about over there in Irmo? They're singing about the old rugged cross. Things that are familiar. Things that may seem routine. Things that may seem old-fashioned. And maybe even at times a little boring. Good. That's our rut. That's where my desire is to stay for a very, very long time. Consistency. Steadfastness. Fortitude. Same. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I got a question for you, Christian. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. How founded do you feel 11 months in? If you're a believer in Jesus, we're all starting on the same foundation, same starting point. So how founded you feel points only to your building materials. How have you been building? If you've been building with cheap stuff, emotions, society, culture, tradition, whatever it may be, get alone with God. Make a space right here in this room. You can come forward. You can kneel at your chair right where you are. You can go to the back for prayer, but make room for the spirit to work into your life, to convict you, to lead you back to the old rugged cross. When this world gets confusing, when society gets cloudy, when circumstances are swirling around, do you know where I want to be led? I want to be led back to the cross. That's my compass. That's my North Star. That's what is steadfast and that's what has anchored me ever since I was a boy of six years old. And it's the same thing that's going to anchor me when I'm 86 years old. It's routine. 
It's familiar. Same old song. But it's precious and it's beautiful. And as much as, as the world tries to decorate that cross and to put it on necklaces and to hang it from a pendant or gold plate it or whatever they try to do, build statues of it, the fact of the matter remains you can't change the bloody facts of what happened there. You can't change history. It was messy. It was bloody. It was brutal. And it was for me. And it was for you. If you've come in today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have that foundation, can I plead with you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, take this next song and ask the Spirit to help lead you to the cross. Right there. That's your answer. That's your answer for everything that's going on. And it might sound a little cheap. It might sound a little like an excuse, but it's real. This morning, if you trust Him, You'll see that his, this foundation proves true. It'll get you through everything. It's the cross. The answer is the cross today. If that's you and, and you don't have Jesus, but you want him to be your foundation, can I invite you to pray a little prayer? Just repeat it along with me. Mean it in your heart. And it's not the prayer that saves you, but it's your faith does. You say something like this, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I failed you. I haven't kept your commandments. And because I've sinned, your word says that I deserve death. I deserve eternal separation in hell. But I believe Jesus was the perfect son of God who died on a cross in my place. He shed his blood for me. He was buried for me and he rose triumphant for me. And I received that free gift of eternal life this morning right now, today. If you prayed that prayer, would you just shoot up your hand? Nobody's going to call you out. Nobody wants to embarrass you. But if that was you, amen. I see that hand. Thank you so much. If there was anybody else who prayed that prayer to receive Jesus for the first time, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray with you, for you, rejoice with you. Thank you so much for that hand. I see it. Anybody else receiving Jesus for the first time today? You got to have a firm foundation these days. Life is not going to be any easier. It's another storm coming. Thank you, God, for this one who said, I'm receiving Christ today. I'm getting my life on the firm foundation. I'm moving forward under the blood of Jesus. God, help us this morning as we close out with this last song. Lead us back to the cross where your son died for us. It's in your name that we pray.